Be careful arguing with a fool, because from a distance, people can't tell who is who. What's up guys? Welcome to Goals First. I'm your host Plutus, and we have a great show for you today about not only how to win friends, influence people, but also how to deal with conflict and arguing I'm going to dive into today, which is such a valuable skill because when you get on the rise and you start making new friends, you start meeting new people, people are also going to challenge you. And I made a video previously where I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of hate where I said, make bullying great again, right? Of course, I didn't literally mean go bully people, but the triggered, you know, the triggered people had to say, oh my God, I can't believe you're like uh, telling people to go bully people. And it's like, no, no, I'm just saying in real life, people get bullied. And when you're bullied, you have two options. It either teaches you how to stand up for yourself because what you're doing is fine and you should stand up for yourself, or you're being bullied for something you're doing wrong and it corrects a behavior that socially you're wrong on. So it's a win-win when you look at it that way. It's either correcting a behavior that needs to be corrected or it's going to teach you to stand up for yourself. But anyway, sometimes in conflict, you also don't want to get in conflict, you want to get out of it. So we're going to dive into that today. But I wanted to start out by recapping the last episode because I just threw so much in there. And I just want to give a short recap of it. it basically, it's from, from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, some great tips I learned from there and my own experiences as well. So here's what we're going to say for gaining friends and making everyone that you meet love you, right? We've all like met someone cool and we think we hit it off and then they just don't hit us up ever again. I don't want to ever, I mean, I I experienced that too many times more than I can count where I meet someone, I thought we hit it off and they just never hit me up again and they didn't like me and I was like, oh, like why are people not liking me? So I, you know, I really took the time to learn the skills to be likable and be the person that you, everyone meets you, they want to hit you up again, they always want to chill with you again. You can be that person. There's nothing stopping you. So here's a recap. First part was don't criticize, don't condemn, and don't complain. People don't want to be around someone. This is especially more like when you're uh, you know, employing people if you're a leader, right? Leaders, whether you're a manager, you're the CEO, you're an owner, or if you're the leader of your friend group. Don't criticize, condemn, or complain because people, we deep down are all children. We all don't like being told what to do. You know, we told to go clean your room. No, I don't want to, right? So don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Instead, encourage. If you want someone to do something, encouragement, encouragement. It goes so much further. Do your best to always avoid criticizing, condemning, and complaining. Now, what you also want to do is give honest and sincere feedback. Okay? So people know what they're doing. Even if they, you know, sometimes people don't fully know. When you when you enter a new industry, you enter a new business, you enter a new anything. You know, maybe you're learning guitar, maybe you're learning uh, opera singing, maybe you're learning digital marketing. At first, you're a fool. Okay, but you don't criticize, condemn, or complain to people that are new to things. They're learning. Give honest and sincere feedback. So that can be, you know, I think you have a lot of potential with this, but I think you can work on this. And give you want know, to give honest and sincere appreciation. I really like how hard you're trying. It means everything to me that you're putting effort into hanging out with me, maybe making a new friend. I give honest and sincere appreciation. You know. I have a buddy who's good at guitar. I said to him, bro, like, I, you're awesome. You got to keep playing for people. You're great. I have friends who are great in digital marketing. I'll recommend them to everybody. And I'll tell them, you know, you're killing it. The way you wake up at 6 a.m. to work out and then be the first one in the office, I respect that. So the more uh, honest and sincere appreciation you can give, the more people are going to gravitate around you because they have that good feeling. Like, oh, I'm with this guy. He's always honest and sincere and, you know, he's, he's appreciating me. Um, and another thing you want to do is be a good listener, right? But but more than being a listener, you want to encourage others to talk about their passions, and you want to ask questions. So you know maybe you meet a hot girl at a party, and she's like, "Oh, I'm a marine biology major," right? 
and I said, huh, that's interesting. That's cool. I really, that's really, uh, that's really cool, right? Which every asshole, every, every Chad in the frat's like, huh, you're a bio, whatever, marine biology major. That's like super dope. I've always been interested in that. No, no, no. Be the guy that stands out and be like, so, so what do you do with that? What do you, what specifically type of job would you want with that degree? What do you do day to day with that degree? What type, what does the job involve? Do you swim with manatees? Do you swim with dolphins? Do you swim with mermaids? You know, it, it, when someone tells you what they're doing, be genuinely interested and ask questions. And it does two things. One, this person, whether it's a girl you're trying to win over or a friend you're trying to win you know, over someone who thinks cool, they'll associate you with someone who's really interested in them. And we all, we all love being around someone who's interested in us. So you want to do that. Ask honest and sincere questions. Now, if you're trying to win someone over to your way of thinking, right, you want them to do what you want to do. Maybe you want to go, you want to, you want to leave the party and go somewhere else. Maybe you want to take your girl on a date. Maybe you are leading a marketing team and you want your people to make more cold calls. You, when you fish, you dangle what the fish likes, not what you like, right? So when you're dealing with somebody and you want to win them over to your way of thinking, you say, I want to win this person over to my way of thinking. You do not dangle the fish food that you like, right? It's like fishing. You dangle what they like. And the example I gave, which is the best example I could possibly think of, is when I had a uh, commission-based business and my employees were getting commissioned, they were not making as much as me, not commission-wise, but sales-wise, I said, look, if you talk to every customer, everyone that walks by, who aren't our customers more than ever come over to us, therefore your sales can go up just by you talking to everybody. And I showed them, what they, I dangled what they wanted. They wanted more money. They wanted to make more money by the end of the day. So what did I dangle? More money. I said, look, if you talk to everyone who walks by and tell them the special we have today, you know, two cell phone chargers for 10 bucks, whatever the hell it was, two pillows for 30, you know, we all kinds of items, you're going to have more sales and you're going to make more money. So by me talking in terms of what they wanted, I got my way. They talked to way more customers. I benefited and they benefited because they made more money and so did I. So let's put some practical terms. You want to go on a date, dangle the idea of a fun date to the girl. Hey, let's go on an adventure. Let's go to an amusement park. Let's go skiing. Let's go hiking on a trail, right? So now rather than just thinking of hanging out with you, they have this idea in their head of they're going to go do this really fun activity. So you're dangling the idea, the concept of fun. It works. Be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about their passions. I think I kind of went over that. Compliment people on things they control. This is one of the biggest screw-ups that guys make, especially guys. So, you know, you go to a party and every guy compliments girls, you're so hot. Your butt is so fat. No, the, the girl was born that way with her genetics. Women hate being complimented on things they can't help, such as their good looks or their butt, because every guy is telling them they're hot. And of course, they'll be like, oh, am I? <laughs> right? But they know they're hot because every guy is telling them, ah, oh, you're so sexy. You're so, damn, girl, you, you bad as fuck, girl. Oh, you bad, girl, right? Every guy is saying that. So be the one that compliments something they control. Wow. I love how you dyed your hair. Your outfit, you have a sense of style, girl. And it works the same for guys. Not, I'm not trying to say like you're trying to, you know, you're gay, you don't want to go over in that way. I mean, like, if you want to be friend the coolest guy at a party, or just want to be friend some dude, compliment them, bro. You you got style, my man, right? If you compliment people, find anything. Find some random shit to compliment. People will love you. You're gonna find that people want to be around you when you're always complimenting them. I love your haircut. I love your shoes. I love your sense of style. But remember, compliment things that people control, not things that they were born with, like being good-looking. No one cares. Stop complimenting girls telling them they're hot. They don't give a shit. They know. I promise. And I talked about this a lot in my previous video. The best thing you can do to get amazing at talking to random people, get, I mean, you're going to be a king at it, is something called cashier smiles. I created this. 
go to supermarkets, get your groceries, and find the hottest cashier. If there's no hot female cashiers, then find one that's not hot. And if there's no females at a store, just choose the goddamn cashier. Learn to make cashiers smile, and especially if they're a cute girl, make them giggle and laugh, and just talk to them. You can say anything. Be like, yo, uh, there was a jar of mayonnaise back there, and I saw somebody almost slip on it, right? Or if something cool happened your day, just tell them, right? These cashiers, they're so bored. Everyone, how you doing today, sir? I'm good, how about you? Good. And then it's like dead ass silent while they do groceries for six hours. They're bored. They're waiting for someone to come over and talk to them, have a real conversation. How's it going today? Do you like working here? Do you enjoy it? What's, what's the craziest thing that happened in your day? If you can learn to always make cashiers smile, talking to people and whether it's trying to get new girls in your life, trying to get hot girls or making new friends, networking, winning over the coolest dude in the party will come natural to you because you have gained the skill of making a cashier smile. So like by comparison at a social event, it will be easy peasy. Um, and that's really the summation of last time or last episode. So I'm gonna move on now um, to transitioning to dealing with conflict and arguments. Because now let's say you gain all this skill of being really good socially and you win people over, people wanna be your friends because you're complimenting them, you're giving, you're giving major compliments, you're talking about what they wanna talk about, you're asking questions, you're giving them sincere appreciation for what they're doing, and you're also winning them over to your way of thinking because you're not criticizing, condemning, or complaining, you're only pointing out what they do good, right? So now you have all this, but now there's gonna be conflict in your life. So how do you deal with conflict? So this is actually, I'm, I'm gonna start with a t- uh, quote by Mark Twain, right? One of the greatest American uh, writers of all time, Mark Twain, I hope you know who he is. He says, be careful, this, this quote is going like to kind of start the whole, the whole ball rolling here. Be careful arguing with a fool, because from a distance, people can't tell who is who. I repeat, be careful arguing with a fool, because from a distance, people can't tell who is who. So, what does this mean? You know, I'm going to give an example. Politics, right? And I'm not going to get into my view, because my view doesn't really matter here. But let's assume you're arguing a political topic and you know the other side is just is just a retarded idea, right? Like what they're saying is just idiotic. And, and you know, usually they're just misinformed. They don't mean it. They're not, they're not stupid. They're misinformed. But if you guys get in a yelling match about politics, from a distance, what people see is just two idiots arguing about politics. One guy saying healthcare should be free. And the other guy saying, dude, are you an idiot? Health, free healthcare literally doesn't exist. It's just taxpayer dollars being redistributed. And you know they both look stupid because one guy's saying screw free healthcare because he looks like an asshole, and the other guy's saying everything should be free so he looks stupid. So be careful arguing from a distance, you can't tell who's the fool. Or be careful arguing with the fool because from a distance you can't tell who's, who's who, right? So avoid those arguments. And instead, what you want to do is what I talked about earlier, ask the person how they got to their view. Be like, hey man, you know, well, how did you get that view? You believe in free healthcare? That's really interesting. What, what makes you think that? Have you ever thought about the fact that like that's really just the taxpayers being redistributed? You're, you're fine with that? Okay, I respect that, right? So just be, be careful getting these traps where you're arguing and there's people watching you guys and you just look like an idiot. Um, I'll give you a good example too. So when the pandemic first started, it first started, I had connections with uh, the masks, the blue masks, right? So I had connections to wholesalers and I started selling these blue masks, which I was doing... I was doing a public service to the people, right? I was getting these masks to businesses that couldn't get them. And I had multiple people hit me up, and I'm not hating on you guys if you see this. You just didn't understand how things work. Hit me up and go, how dare you sell masks during a pandemic? How dare you take advantage of a pandemic, right? So I got caught in this stupid trap where I would argue with them, and we both looked stupid because they were 
playing the frame that I'm an asshole for taking advantage of the pandemic and selling masks. And the truth was, they didn't understand how business works. Wholesalers buying blue masks created a demand where they were producing masks, so they produced more masks. If private businesses weren't buying masks for wholesale, they wouldn't be producing them in the factories and there'd be less masks. So we were actually adding to the supply. This is like basic business. But you know, someone who's not a business major might not, not understand that and they just think you're taking advantage of a pandemic, which wasn't the case. But that's the point. From a distance, we just look at two idiots arguing about masks and I look like the fool because they, the, the, they had the foolish perspective of you're just taking advantage of a pandemic. And in reality, it's like, look, if wholesalers are buying masks to sell them, then manufacturers aren't going to produce them. So be careful of that trap. Um, you know, and Ben Franklin, right? Ben Franklin, who we all know has a great quote about this as well. Ben Franklin said, if you argue and rankle and contradict, you may achieve a variety, or sorry, a victory sometimes. I repeat, if you argue, rankle, and contradict, you may achieve a victory sometimes, but it will be an empty victory because you will never get your opponent's goodwill. So what does this mean? So if, if you're just going for the win, right, rather than trying to like really talk about it with your with a person, you guys are in an argument or debate and really trying to understand their point of view. If you're just trying to win, you might win. But now, your opponent, you lost their goodwill because they think you're an asshole. You made me look stupid. And, you know, maybe they, the person was stupid. But it's better to be the person who really has a conversation than to win an argument because you don't want to lose people's goodwill and that feeling of wanting to be around you. Because the way I am, I argue with my friends all the time, but they walk away feeling like, huh, that was kind of fun. Like, I, he engaged with me. He let me express uh, my point of view first. He really understood my point of view. And once he understood, understood my view, he then presented his view. I don't really agree, but it was fair. Versus that asshole, I'm just angry. Because when people lose an argument, they just feel anger. That's all they're going to associate you with is the angry feeling. And it's true. Um, now, there's actually a cool thing in a newspaper called the Boston Transcript many, many years ago. It was this poem and it got really famous. And it really shows that this idea of like, you know, the attitude of I'm right, right? When people say I'm right and I'm going to hold my ground no matter what. Don't have the attitude of I'm right so I'm not going to break, hold my, I mean, I'm going to hold my ground at all costs. So here's the, here's the quote. It was a poem. Here lies the body of William J. Who died maintaining his right of way. He was right, dead right, as he sped along. But now he's just dead, as if he were wrong. Right? So this is a story about a guy who was driving. He had the right of way. And he kept going because he saw, saw a car coming. He goes, I have the right of way, so I'm going to go anyway. And the car crashed into him and killed him. Now he's dead. So... Think about this analogy. You know, just because you're right, is it really worth it just because you're right to make a huge sacrifice? Sometimes, listen, I've been in positions where I made a huge sacrifice fighting for my integrity, but 99 out of 100% of the time, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And just let the other person be, you know, you be the bigger man and walk away and say, you know what? This person looks like an idiot and it's okay. They look like an idiot. You know you're right and it is what it is. You move forward. Um, and and you know, it, it just... It, even when you're right, be the bigger man. It's not worth being hated. And especially the fact that it's not, sometimes it is. So save that, pick and choose your battles, essentially. Another thing you want to do to be more likable is save another person's face. So I forget the exact story, but there's some story where like you guys are talking about, I don't know, it was like a dollar, the dollar bill. And one guy was like, you know, uh, every dollar bill after this year has, I don't know, an Illuminati symbol on it. Something I'm making it up. And basically, the story was like went like this. The other guy knew he was wrong because the other guy like worked in the industry and was positive. But 
they were at a table full of like respected adults, respected people. So in the name of not making this guy hate him, he just said, oh, I guess I was wrong. Sorry. And versus he could have gone on Google and said, look, dude, you're wrong and embarrass the guy. But what's the value in a group setting of embarrassing somebody? Don't be the person to embarrass somebody. You can always pull them aside after and be like, look, man, I don't want to like say anything for anybody, but I, I was right and I'll show you why. But don't be the person to, I owned you, bro. <clears throat> Unless someone's like really attacking you verbally, don't be the guy who owns somebody. Oh, I owned you. It's, it's kind of useless. There's people who are gonna hate you and I've been there. I've been the guy people hated because I won the argument, I owned them, and now they go, I never wanna see the guy again. It's not worth it. Be the bigger man. If you have to really prove you're right, do it in private. Don't own them in front of a group of people because people will hate you for it. Another thing I learned, this is from um, The 48 Laws of Power by uh, Tom Green, I believe his name is. I might be butchering the name there. But anyway, never outshine the master. Never, you want to be liked, be loved, and people have always been around you, and you want to have high-value friends. If you want to have high-value friends, never outshine the master. Don't be the guy to sh showing them how you did better than them, okay? In the book, The 48 Laws of Power, they get this example of this guy who was like the, uh, like the one-man-down below the king, and he threw the king this amazing party, and I think he got a statue made, and basically he did everything perfectly. And he used like the, the town's like monetary system to pay for the party, and the king got this guy thrown in jail for life for stealing the money that the king told him to go get and use for the party because this guy won up the king. He made, he, he did everything so great and so much better, and he was bragging, right? He was a, he basically was the center of attention at this king's party. The king was like, fuck you, screw this guy. And the king literally got this guy thrown in jail. And then I think in the story, there was another guy who did something similar, and the king got him killed after. Uh, like Lord Lord Fockwell or something like that. I forget, I'm probably butchering. Isn't that from Shrek? Oh, my bad. But you get the point. The king like had this guy killed because he one up them. Don't one up people. Even the most confident alpha males. You think someone's like the man, they're so confident, they're never going to feel insecure. Everyone gets insecurity. We all do. So don't never outshine the master. If you want to be around high value people, let them always be the one that feels like they're superior. Just let them. They'll love you for it because they feel like they're the leader. And that's a way to keep high value friends around you is by letting them be the master. It's true. I, you know, and I've learned to just shut up. Um, I, I've learned over time in these arguments and these conflicts, and this is not back, this is back to arguments and conflict. To shut STFU, STFU, shut up, be the bigger man, and just learn how do they get to their thought. When your instinct is to argue and debate, pause and ask them questions to find out how they got to their conclusion, and you might be surprised, and they might even backtrack as you ask them questions. You know, maybe you can point out something. Like let's say they're saying I want free healthcare. Maybe you can point out, well, you know, it's not free, right? Who do you think's paying for it? And they'll go, oh, I guess taxpayers. So then you go, so it wouldn't be free. It'd be just redistributed money to pay for taxpayers or from taxpayers rather and they go huh I never thought of it that way you're right it is asking questions and figuring out how they got to their conclusion will always do you better now I'm gonna transition here I've been kind of going off memory and I've had some notes here but this is my little handy day notebook where I keep a lot of this stuff so <clears throat> Buddha once said hatred is never ended by hatred but by love and you know just take it for what you want what Buddha's saying, hatred's not ended by hatred. It's ended by love. So, you know, I'm going to kind of not interpret that one too much, but 
here's what I'll say. A misunderstanding is never ended by an argument, right? But by a tact, diplomacy, um, conciliation, and a sympathetic desire to see the other person's point, other person's viewpoint, which is what I said before. Hatred, a misunderstanding, an argument, you need to truly try to, even if you're not going to agree with it, it's ended by understanding their point of view and giving them the chance to explain it. It's really true. Um, if you want to keep a disagreement, from, let's say you have a disagreement and you want to keep the disagreement from becoming an argument. First thing you want to do is welcome the disagreement. When two people, two partners always agree on one thing, one of them is not necessary. If you guys agree on everything, one of you is not necessary because you're not evolving, you're not growing. And a partner can be like a friendship, a couple, but if you just agree on everything, you're probably a bunch of idiots or you're, you're a liar and neither is good. Um, so first, you want to welcome the disagreement and say, look, let's talk about it. And you want to always be with people that are open to disagreements and they're not going to freak out and get triggered by talking about things you disagree. Because in life, you're not going to disagree. So don't be around someone that's going to be too triggered to even talk about things they disagree on and hate you for it. Um, distrust your first instinct and impression. So your first instinct and impression is probably going to be this person's an idiot, right? Because usually today, arguments about Trump or politics and whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, conservative or liberal, the instinct's like, this other guy's an idiot. How can you possibly think that? Don't go in that first instinct. Give them the chance through questions to figure out how they got to the point of view and why. And maybe even if you disagree, there's actually an intelligent reason why they got to that point of view. Control your temper. The person that loses their temper, you lost. If you're arguing and you lose your temper, you lost because they triggered you. They made you into their bitch. They controlled your emotions. Don't get triggered. The second you lose your temper, you have lost this argument. They can control and you're not in control. And you want to be in control, I promise you. So always stay calm and if you're getting mad, one, two, three. Deep breaths. It makes all the difference. Listen first. You're going to win the argument or be more likely to win if you're the one to listen first rather than talk first. Because, number one, they feel heard and you now know what points to counter because you listen first. It's true. Look for areas of agreement, right? So what you want to do, I'll give the healthcare example again. Let's say you're, you know, you're supporting that healthcare should be private and they're saying healthcare should be free. Private means that there's competition and private businesses compete to make the healthcare cheaper. So you listen to them. You could actually look for areas you agree. So you could say, well, once you talk to them through their point of view, you go, well, I actually agree. We agree on the issue. Healthcare is way too expensive. It's like absurdly expensive. So we literally agree on the issue 100%. We disagree on how to solve it. And then you go, okay, so your goal is to make it more affordable, right? And you go, well, you know, my point of view is actually through competition and re research back this up. Competition, because the government is going to have less rules and regulations, will actually make the price cheaper per person. Than if we did privatize or if we did government healthcare, where the government's paying for it. So yeah, it's free, but the quality will go down, and the government's paying with it for your are paying for it with your tax dollars. So the cost per care is actually more expensive this way versus um, a private market competing. So you actually can explain that we agree on this stuff, and I, you can say, hey, look, my way will actually make it cheaper per person, right? <clears throat> so you want to listen first, find common ground, not get angry, and you want to be honest. You got to be honest. You can't be lying throughout this. You know, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, you know, don't misrepresent, misrepresent facts. Don't lie to win your point. You got to be honest. Say, listen, I, I respect your point of view or I, I, I disagree with that. I don't think that makes sense. And this is why. Be honest. Don't be a liar if you're going to argue and win a disagreement. Promise to think over your opponent's ideas and study them carefully. This is really important because 
No one, this is really, really, the most important part of winning an argument, no one, not anyone, but almost no one's going to agree with you in the moment. No one's going to change their view in the moment. They're going to think about it, and then they'll come back or come to the realization they were wrong and you were right later on. So you be the one to lead this by saying, I promise to think about your views, to think about what you said, and I'll, I'll look into it. You know, I promise to really consider my opponent's views and study them. And you say, I'm going to ponder it and say, can you please do the same for me? And you don't have to agree with me right now, but just consider the argument I raised. And you're going to find out that people actually, you win an argument after the argument. That's the funny thing. Because people want to save face. So they're not going to say you're right in the heat of the moment. They're going to say you're right. Or they're never going to say you're right. But they're going to remember, huh, you know, my view of free healthcare has changed forever because he, I never thought of it that way. So just you give the goodwill that you're going to ponder their argument and you're you know, free time later on and study their argument and say you request they do the same. And you're going to see very different results than how it goes when you just expect them to admit you're right in the heat of the moment, which obviously never happens. It just doesn't. Um, now, thank them. Th seriously, thank your opponent in an argument for debating you. Say, listen, I want to thank you for like explaining your, your point of view. I never really understood your point of view. And I don't really agree with it, but thank you for explaining it and thank you for engaging with me. I really, this is like a really... Thank you for telling me. This is a really stimulating argument. Really, this is a really stimulating debate. I really enjoyed it. When you thank them, they feel like they offered you information. And they'll be like, huh, yeah, right? We all like being thanked. So thank them after this debate happens. And postpone action. Give both sides time to think through the problems, which is a reiteration I said before. But you can say, say listen, I, I want to postpone um, you know, this argument to, uh, to recover another time. But I want to give you time to think about it. This is what I said before. Their opinions can change after the fact. So you can always say, listen, we don't have to like prove this right now. We each present an argument. We can talk about it another time. I really, you know, and that's when you said, you, I really appreciate you talking to me. <clears throat> and you'll see results, I promise you. And, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Plutus. Goals First is available on all podcast platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. But we need to grow. So if you got any value from this, like, but more importantly, share with a friend. Subscribe on the podcast places, but share with a friend and get one friend to subscribe.